From the Far East to the Great West, the podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. This episode, we are talking about the 1976 Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger, also known as Bruce Lee, the Star of Stars. It's starring Bruce Lai, and it's directed by Lee Tso Nam. The story follows that David Lee, a student of Bruce Lee, to whom Bruce hints that he isn't well, and that if anything should happen to him, David, Tiger, should pick up the torch. So Tiger decides to become his own private investigator and go on the search for how Bruce dies. He finds a load of bad guys and a relatively standard drug smuggler plot in the mix of it all. So Michael, when did you first see this and what do you think? This is... uh... This one I saw once. I know I remember seeing this once. I don't know if it was in San Francisco or, or in Oakland, but it was. Uh, it, this is a pretty well distributed title when I was younger. Uh, so it was, and, and mainly because I think it was Dimension Films picked it up and released. In fact, I have a forty-five record that's a radio spot, like two radio spots for this film that they'd send out to you know radio stations to to play on their, uh, you know, to announce the the movie coming out. So. Uh, I, I love this movie as a kid. And there's a lot of people that to really like this movie. It's it's an early Bruce Bloitation film. So as as many of the early ones do in the first three or four years, deals heavily with Bruce Lee dying. And um, this one is probably the, the better example of that. Yeah, I noticed like the first 20 minutes, it's really like just... So the movie starts out uh, with Bruce Lee's alive. And uh, they do the split screen thing that was popular back in those days. Like they used like a pole in the middle so you could have Bruce Lai um, playing Bruce Lee and playing Tiger. But it's pretty much this dialogue between them of, hey, yeah, you know, I'm the best and you're you're kind of okay. But if I die, I want you to, you know, take over, take the torch and be the the champion of martial arts. So if you don't mind doing that also, you know, I'm not feeling very well right now. (laughs) It's it's kind of funny. But yeah, it's the first 20 minutes. It's just this big, long, mournful, like they show him in his casket. They show people lining up at the church to walk past and, and see him. And they cut in scenes of Bruce Lai standing with, you know, the girl to kind of, he's there too. And Yeah, which actually interesting in the Chinese, the original version, that's not in. 
Oh. I don't, you know, it's which is kind of unusual when you get something like that in the the U.S. version, but in the the Hong Kong version or the you know the Chinese version, it's not. Uh, but that is, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit as we go through. But there's um, there's some differences between what they released in the United States under through Dimension and how the original film, The Star of All Stars, uh, was represented, mm-hmm. looked, and how it was cut together. Yes. The Chinese version, how did that go? Like, uh, if they didn't... Well, have- you know, I, I'm going to do a little memory on some of this, but there are a few things I can tell you that, mm-hmm. are, that are different. Right, right off the bat, in the very beginning, the, the U.S. version, the one that, that, that the, the, the Dimension film... Has opens up on shots of Hong Kong and says, right. you know, has, um, you know, July 17th, like it's three days before Bruce Lee passes away and sets us up with this kind of travelogue footage. And then we are, we're at the studios and there's there's Bruce, apparently Bruce Lee, which is played by Bruce Lai, doing a, 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 a fight scene and, and uh, the new Bruce Lai walks in. Right. Well, in the Chinese version, it just opens up right with him spinning the new chakus and doing the fight scene bypassing the sort of travelogue moments which get interspaced throughout the u.s version like there's after the credits they do it again where it says singapore and it cuts to a couple shots of some junks but that that stuff was all missing from the original mainly because i think everybody knew where we were more or less so it wasn't like we need to explain to the audience um but but a couple things happen in that dialogue scene between We'll just say Bruce Lai, who in the Chinese version is called Tong Lung. Tong Lung is the name that Bruce Lee played in Way of the Dragon. Uh, so I read that, and I never heard him called that in this, so I didn't understand. Right, they called him David. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but this conversation that goes on, it's a little different. Um, the the woman sitting there, who I think in the U.S. they call Betsy or what I can't or Susie Susie Wong, I think or it. something like Susie. that. Well, in in the in the version uh, in the Hong Kong version, they call her Betty Chen instead of Betty Ting Pei. You know, they still call her Betty, but I guess they changed it a little bit more for the U.S. because they didn't want to mess around with that. I I think at that time where there had been a couple companies already sued by the Lee estate mm. for making references to you know things in his life so um anyway so that opening and then just to wrap up that that beginning part when bruce Lee gets up and he has that all right see you later bruce and he and it slam cuts to you know the funeral footage in um or a, a newspaper i think it says bruce lee has died and then it's, yeah. there's that narrator comes in and has this weird little thing where he starts talking about uh you know Bruce Lee was a great man or blah, 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 or whatever it says. In the the Chinese version, it does, <clears throat> excuse me, go to the, the funeral footage, but it's br- more it's more brief. And then it goes into, it doesn't do that very morbid sort of title, uh, title thing, you know, how the camera's showing the, the coffin. I mean, this is really Bruce Lee's coffin, right? And they're closing right. the coffin door. And as the, just as the door is closing, the words come out of the coffin. It says, exit the dragon, <laughs> you know? And then Ouch. it says, enter the, and then of course, enter the tiger. And then it goes into him doing his little routine. So that, that opening is, I mean, some of the stuff's pretty subtle, but there are, if you, some of the underscored stuff in the Chinese version is is different than the U.S. Like they talk a lot more about drugs and what mm-hmm. him being, you know, having his mistress um, and uh, dying in bed with her and have a heart attack and you know this. And then, of course, in the U.S. stuff, they 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 bypass this and dub in other things. Yeah, there's only a small moment where they say, "Well, what if he died while a heart attack while having sex?" 
It was like a, just a throwaway line, and then I think his name was Gordon or whatever. Uh, the the um, journalist he says, "Well, there's only one person to ask. It's Susie." So <laughs> that's yeah. funny. So as uh, as Ian Lee brought up in the voicemail that he sent to us when he suggested this film, he said, "As Bruce said, if I die, find out why." <laughs> so that's really what this whole film's about. It's this really long investigative uh, and. Uh, like oh, I would almost call it meandering. Uh, like it takes a really long time to kind of get anywhere. And there's, it's twenty five minutes into the film before we have our first action sequence. But of course, what they saved up was the ultimate action sequence. This is the one with the barrels, and like you know whatever kind of yard that is. Like it's not a junkyard, but you know what I mean. It's like some industrial area just yeah. filled with barrels. They shoot, yeah, they love shooting those places a lot. Yeah. And, and also Lee Sonam, who directed this, you know, and I spent a little bit of time with him last year. He he does have a, a, a preference for finding interesting locations to shoot. You know, the whole ending with the, the oh, ocean yeah. and the crashing waves. Oh, know, that was very, so awesome. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that that is very much along lines of how he does like to work. So he's and, and I think <clears throat> what you were saying is is really appropriate because. This movie specifically, but other films at the time like Kung Fu Fever with Dragon Lee, which we haven't seen yet, and, and Bruce's Fingers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they this whole even Tower of Death, which was made a little later, but ha- still was kind of falling into this idea. It's really heavy with him passing away. You know, oh, yeah. he he just passed away, so there was. It, I always sort of look at some of the Bruce exploitation films in the way how we deal with death you know would they ever say what is it there's like seven phases where there's the the sadness then the anger then denial or however it goes there's something like that with bruce exploitation and we talked about it in the dynamo episode where at this point they just drive by the funeral in the car and the girl's like man what's that and he's like oh that was bruce lee he just passed away you know they've at this point now they're throwing it away but by the but at this stage when we're doing exit the dragon it's it's very you know it's heavy nobody knows exactly what happened nobody wants to believe he died so the big thing to push is find out if i died find out you know find out why and i think you even you know when you say that there was something about that um in the U.S. version, they tag that on at the end. There's like an ending thing where it cuts back to the beginning where he says, you're you're to be my successor yeah, or something. He says that wasn't in the Chinese version. That just ended on the, the beach where the fight happens. But in the U.S. version, they, they tag that on at the end. Yeah, I thought that was pretty horribly contrived. Uh, it's just like because we heard it in the beginning and I kept it with me the whole film. So to have him throw it back in my face again after everything. Because really what this, like, honestly... Bruce Lai, uh, or I'm sorry, Tiger. It's not Bruce Lai. Je- uh, Tiger slash David or <laughs> right. whatever. He's not good. <laughs> Bruce is awesome. Bruce would never have gotten his ass kicked so many times, had been tortured, um, torched in the back. Like, you name it. Like we've known. Or remember, we- Bruce Lee told him in the beginning, your back kick's a little weak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So... This this guy he was not this doesn't have a lot of Bruceisms in it actually it's it's not Bruce it's a guy who's even by the whole account of the movie pretending to be Bruce like he's not Bruce he's Tiger and I guess maybe that's the point <clears throat> and he's not as skilled and he definitely like he almost dies multiple times it's it was pretty crazy yeah and again I I think that is. We're also watching Bruce Lai earlier in his career. You know, mm-hmm. he hasn't, I, and I don't think he's really 
manifested all the, the as you say, Bruceisms, you know, into his into his uh, portrayals. But he doesn't even do that actually when he's supposed to. I think I think that's why people like him so much because he doesn't feel like he's overkilling his Bruce Lee, you know, <laughs> imitations. Yeah. But he, I think it's also if you watch his earlier films, and we haven't really watched too many yet. But uh, you'll see that he's very different in the beginning. But his first couple of films where he was playing Bruce Lee, and you'll just see there's like almost like nothing there mm-hmm. that's Bruce Lee at all. And this is what like one of those cases where I think it's more about how he looks rather than who he how he's behaving. That is, you know, he goes up a couple times and people keep mistaking him for Bruce Lee and thinking, oh, Bruce Lee's alive, he's not dead. Oh, wait a minute, you're not him. <laughs> Which um, is more that wish fulfillment that he isn't dead, and because this this one does spend. So much time. This is one of those special ones in how much time it used mourning Bruce's passing and then trying to explain it through fiction. Like, uh, yeah, and, and, and keep in mind, melodramas were really big then too. So there's an element of melodrama to this. I don't think it's like really trying to be, at this point, it hasn't evolved into action film. Right. You know, there, um, uh, the, I guess it's uh, – the dragon dies hard. Well, it's it's Lee. It's Bruce Lee's first one of his first or second playing Bruce Bruce Lee. Um, and you can tell the fight scenes in the film. There's like four or five of them. Were almost all of them. You can tell were done later. Mm-hmm. Like they, it was just played like a melodrama. And then later they said that his hair is different. He's got like a mustache. <laughs> I mean, it's like totally. He almost looks different. And ever all the fight scenes. Um, but here, Lee So Nam, who is really I think good. And with creating that tone you were talking about with the lightning and he's got the dark stuff, you know, the the very first scene where after the Bruce Lee, the funeral footage and all that, we have the sequence where he's where Bruce Lee is sitting in the, that room with a couple of their students and they've got the poster, you know, the the the. the the photograph of Bruce Lee on the wall and they're like sitting here. Now that is lifted directly from Fists of Fury. If you remember Fists of Fury, except in the reverse, it's, you know, Bruce Lee's there talking about why his master, I mean, it's almost like redone from that scene. And I'm sure, which is very intentional, you know, we're now it's Bruce Lee mourning Bruce Lee's death. Bruce Lee was mourning Hoyo and Jaws death in in that particular film. Yeah. I noticed at that particular point, the, like everything was like so nice, that temple and the fruit and the bowls, it was just like, like really intentional and like it, it was you said it it's a direct remake yeah and and this kind of the when the other films that lee sonam did with bruce lie which like edge of fury and fist of fury 2 you watch them you'll you'll see that they have he kind of keeps this sort of dark sort of slightly brooding tone to some of his films particularly in the in the beginning so hmm. i love it all right well i want to hear what your first favorite scene is Oh, my first favorite scene. It's funny because one of the things that I always... Sometimes the American versions, they have some charm to them. Like a lot of the Shaw Brothers films I watch, you know, and I get into... I get so used to those dubbing Mm -hmm. voices that there's sometimes my favorite stuff deals with the dialogue, you know, because of these way these guys are talking. And then other times, and then we watch it as in the original versions, the Chinese versions, with sometimes like, oh man, this doesn't quite have the same element. And this this film was, like I said, one of the earlier films I saw. Um, and I, of course, saw the dub version. I didn't see the Chinese version until later. Um, 
but I, I I think what I don't know if this is what you feel, but I my one of my favorite scenes in the film, of course, is the finale at the end with them on that beach. Oh yeah. I mean, just the fact that these guys are fighting up against that that ocean is not calm, man. I mean, that thing is like blasting, and they're doing these fight scenes and and fighting through the waves, and it's pretty crazy. It's yeah. actually pretty good. It's very you know, it's obviously taken. From the samurai films, you know, there's a very, uh, right. there's a lot of pauses, like they're pausing, like the samurai, you know, the samurais would come in, it wasn't very different from the kung fu films, which is like an exchange of techniques over and over and over. Samurai would come in, one shot, okay, nothing, pause for a minute, another shot, nothing, pause, you know, there's, it's more about the pauses. And uh, they th- that that end sequence had a, a lot of that to it. Oh, yeah, think of the movie uh, Harakiri. Um, there's this great scene where... Um, uh, the main, the, yeah, the main dude's fighting one of the bad dudes, and it's in this like uh, wheat field. So you get like the winds blowing really hard, and you can see the rippling waves, and it's exactly the same thing. It's sort of like just like this, where uh, Tiger uses the waves to his advantage to splash him in the face, so he can get his cane sword away and go ahead and stab him in the guts. It's the same idea that he took the upper end of the the wind brushing the wheat so he could like have the upper hand and and the other dude just got blown in the face and then you got to kill him so it's, uh, it's oh yeah exactly it's exactly identical. it's identical yeah well now also watching the the u.s version you probably whether you you read this because i know you're a good a good googler or <laughs> you just caught it a couple of the voices in the film no you Enlighten didn't me. okay yeah there you go Two voices, two Chinese actors that dubbed the uh, their their version, the U.S. version of the film, James Hong mm-hmm. and George Takai. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's and you'll hear crazy. their voices popping up, like the news reporter in the beginning that's out front of the uh, the house, the Betty Ching. Uh, I caught uh, the voices. James Hong. But I, didn't, James Hong. but I didn't know. Like, I, I caught the voices, and I'm like, oh, that sounds professional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and where and, was and uh, where was uh, Sulu? George, he's Takai. He was, um, I think he was. He's he was either he, he's in a few of them, but the one that's sticking out at me is I think uh, the guy that when Bruce uh, Bruce Lai in the beginning is talking to the guy about you know he's really upset. He wants to re- go after the right. killers, and they're sitting in that room together. That's George Takai uh-huh. talking to him about the about the uh, drugs and the, <laughs> you know the heart attack and all that stuff. But he's you'll hear him pop up a couple of times in there. That's beautiful. And George, you know, George Takai has been going back since the Godzilla movies being released in the U.S. He did the, the second Godzilla film, Godzilla Raids Again. You know, so he's been doing it for a while. But James, you can't miss James's voice. It's literally a hero. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the best. I, one of my the first movie I uh, uh, produced and wrote, I did with him, and he was great. What? That's awesome. Yeah, Ghost Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he, uh, so uh, actually that sequence, that's another sequence that's different. And if you watch the, the scene with the, um, where the reporter's out in front of the house, it's a real weird editing thing. I'm not even sure the exact reason why they did these flips, but the very first like 20 minutes, all the scenes are like reversed and flipped around. But in the, the American version, you know, they show up at the house and they're trying to get to Betty or, you know, whatever her name is, Susie. And, um, some guys show up in a car and then and they right. kind of just ends. But if you watch the Chinese version, it keeps going. They they, they go up to the house and try and go through the, the door. The guy, the reporter guy, the 
the James Hong's doing his voice, he gets knocked backwards and get like punched and he gets thrown up against the wall. Then Bruce Lai actually shows up at that <laughs> point. And then they say, Oh no, Betty's just killed herself. And they all go, re- I mean, so it goes on, you know, there's, I think these are, you know, some of these scenes maybe were probably truncated for the U S just because it was either, they didn't want to, you know, they like, maybe it was just more of that melodrama. They're like, ah, we don't need this, you know, right. but, um, yeah, if you watch the, if you compare just even the first 20 to 30 minutes of this film with, with the both versions you'll see a lot of differences yes all right well um let's well i'll i gotta throw in my favorite scene so okay um it's actually it's definitely you gotta tell me who this was and i don't know if he's famous or not and maybe you won't have any info for me but the big dude the other bolo kareem dude that he has to fight in the warehouse who the hell is that guy but he was it was a great scene so i'll set it up and then you can answer me after you got this dude that's about a foot and a half taller than Bruce Lai and he's just and he's probably double wide uh he's got this gap between his teeth and he is doing the classic <laughs> nobody laughs like that but <laughs> he's just so happy to be like killing Tiger and he does like Tiger's been doing an okay job up till then like he's gotten his ass kicked um and boot kicked ass this was the time where he was up against his match and this big dude, he like helicoptered him on his shoulder. Uh, he does <laughs> just crazy stuff. Like it's just ridiculous what a rag doll poor little Bruce Lai looked like compared to this man. And it, I guess it, you know they went on a bit. It was like some random stuff. He throws him in a pit and he tries to throw some stuff on him, and and J- and Tiger gets out. But then um, yeah, Tiger does something weird where he kind of like shoves his fingers up. It's almost like a. a it's almost like the Vulcan death grip, but there's a term for that. Like when you do that to a human body, like you grab certain pressure points. And he does that. He like somehow shoves his fingers up his armpits and he, he causes the big dude to just like lose control of his arms or something. It was really fun. It was a fun scene. It was a really, it was a really good long uh, sequence with somebody that just was so... Yeah, his, na- his name's Cheng Fu Hong. Okay. Cheng, and he actually... There's a there's an actual kind of a loose follow-up to this movie called Return of the Tiger mm. that Bruce Lai does and uh, Paul Smith from you know Midnight Express and the Conan, the Destroyer is in mm. it. And uh, this guy comes back. Or <laughs> nice. The actor is back in it, so... Yeah, he was, he was dumb and ridiculous, but he was probably one of the funnest things that I ran into. Yeah, he's uh, he kind of always plays that same character too, the big sort of what can you beat do? him up for a good, <laughs> you know, fifteen minutes before, uh, you know, he's in the tattoo connection. He's oh. I think he's in Bruce Lee's Super Dragon. He's you'll, you'll see him a few times. I've got to see that tattoo connection. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good one. All right, well, I will tell you, I think the fights in this movie are mostly boring, and uh, and our listeners, bear with me, but it's really kind of like. Um, they're doing the same sequence over and over again, and especially Bruce Lai is. He gets in his stance, and it's a lot of blood. It's it's really really long. Like I I feel like the choreography was good, but it's also this. There was another one we did not long back. You'll you have to remind me of which one it was. But uh, our Bruce in that got his his nunchaku out, and he kept hitting people and hitting people, and they weren't going down. That's what this felt like. It was like f- f- fists don't do anything and <laughs> kicks don't do anything. Like people just keep coming back. It was like 
holy shit. Like, I, at one point, I actually said to myself, it sounds ridiculous, but I thought, God, I just wish he had a gun. <laughs> well, the, the bad guy, or one of the main bad guys, Long Fei, was one of the choreographers. <clears throat> the one of the action directors on the mm-hmm. film so he's the guy with the mustache that's, oh sure yeah, yeah he plays um tommy now tommy lee was actually had some involvement in this film because at least Onam had mentioned that he'd come on this one of an earlier film he'd where tommy lee did a lot of choreography for lisa Onam and some some great stuff i think this was an early film for everybody so they were kind of getting their feet wet and mm-hmm. trying to understand how to do action like you point out you know it's not a very it's it's the you you know especially with the U.S. kind of it's I think it's shorter by about ten minutes so it's it's a little more linear it moves a little better than sometimes the way the Chinese version might kind of get a little like wordy like you said but um, I, I I agree I think the the choreography is is just it's it's not where it, it's going to get in a couple of years but um, you know it's uh, I think they're just working on how to shoot it and how to handle it yeah. Yeah, I feel like the the fights looked real. Like the punches look like they hit. Like that's where I'm like from an action choreography perspective, it's cool. But it made me think fights like fists don't do anything. Like, yeah, they just make somebody fall back a little bit. I've been hit in my life, and it sucks. <laughs> and I've been hit like one time. Fists do something. Yeah, and I've <laughs> I've been down on the ground like going, "What the hell just happened to my face?" So. I don't know. In this case, it's well, like... the same year that he did this, Lee Sonam did this. He did another film called The Hot, The Cool, and The Vicious, which ah, is like one of my favorite. Dying films, to they... see that based on. Oh, you. you're gonna. Oh man, you're gonna. Well, <laughs> you, I know you're gonna go see one of his other films, which has got some of the same actors in it, The Invincible yeah. Kung Fu Legs. Oh, yeah. But The Hot, The Cool, and The Vicious is was done the same year, and it's a very different. Well, I can say it's a very different film. I mean, there's aspects of it that they're kind of similar. Um, but the choreography in that is just mind-bending. It's just so great. You're going to dig it. Yeah, oh, I'm dying. I, you know, I love The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And I, if I understand right, this is sort of a retooled version of that. There is a little bit of that, yeah, where yeah. two guys sort of reluctantly tear, team up to take on another guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Well, so, um, yeah, um, this had another go-go dancer, strip club, whatever you want to call it, which was really funny because um, – this time, nobody was ripping their sunglasses off, but in fact, in this case, Bruce put, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Tiger put his sunglasses on. Um, contrived in that case, like, why in the world, in a go go dancer strip club thing of a jigger, would you have a Bruce Lee poster right at the front door? It was almost right. like, a, <laughs> it was really funny. It was really funny, and it worked out really well. Like, eventually, the the lady, you always know you've got a villain because she's got a cigarette in one of those long cigarette holders. Anyway, she takes a uh, tiger to the back. She sits down next to him and puts her hand on his knee. And she's like, hey, what's up? He's like, oh, you don't have any info for me? Okay, I gotta go. Well, thanks so much. And he lifts her hand gently and puts it on her own leg and says, see ya. <laughs> Very unrealistic. Like, if that would have been Chuck Norris, he would have been like... He would have been deep, is all I'm trying to say. He, Chuck, yeah. yeah. Chuck was a whole different... Yeah, these... Whole these different school. Bruce <laughs> and Bruce clones, they don't want to have sex. They want to kick ass. Yeah. And, and fight the good fight. Well, like you said, you know, I mean, this film, if I die, I find out why. It was the, it was the big... Uh, that, was, that was the mission. Solely the mission. Mm-hmm. Now I don't got time to be strayed from anything else. Well, um, one thing I loved, uh, the wall art. So if you notice, almost everywhere you went in this film, there was first off in the, in the, um, 
journalist's house or reporter, whatever. He right. had all that nude wall art. Oh yeah, well, and it's a, what a time period for that kind of art too. You know, totally. yeah, seventies, seventies in Hong Kong. I mean, that's got a, that had to have been a time, short lived, but a time. Yeah, and then music. We definitely had Pink Floyd again. Yeah, um, I don't think we had any Bruce music, if I remember right. I, no, they were well, not in this, particularly in the, that version because Dimension, you know, Dimension Films that released it is actually a, it was a derivative of, of uh, New World Pictures, which was Roger Corman's company, mm-hmm. um, and you know they were pretty aware that they could they wanted to get away with so much. That's why I mean that they were changing some of the storylines oh. that Bruce Lee star of all stars, like the names and stuff. So they were they were pretty much staying away from anything that was going to get them in trouble at that time. Okay, so let's get to my Bruceisms. You're gonna love this. It's not many. I told you that in the beginning. So other than Tiger pretending to be Bruce, the hair, the sunglasses, there's not a lot. We have a really big guy to fight, which is the Kareem Bolo. Well, he never fought Bolo, so but you know what I mean. And well, they were they were always trying to fix that wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the slices on the chest at the end when he's uh, fighting uh, Chang Yi. Um, it was very reminiscent of Enter the Dragon of, you know, what's his name? Uh, Han and his awesome claws. Yes. Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, Chang Yi, uh, I recognized from Dragon Gate. Nice. Look at you. Pulling yeah, them out yeah. now. That's all I had, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying really hard to figure out where who's from what and whatever. Any other notables in this that you? Want well, to that's show? part. That's what's kind of part of you know what's inter- like we were just saying, and it's interesting with these films is that you know you start looking for those those people that you recognize from right. a you know Bruce Lee film or what have you. But it, you're right, like a lot of the ones here were, you know, I mean, Lee So Nam, you know, uh, who's the director of the film. He actually was telling me, I mean, this doesn't really relate to, to what you were just saying per se, except for the fact that he, when he was in uh, Hong Kong preparing to shoot, I can't remember which film it was, one of his early films, he was at Golden Harvest Studio while Bruce Lee was shooting Way of the Dragon and he bumped into him coming outside and he got to spend like an hour talking to him, you know, but he was, he really looked up to him. And he, in, fa- in fact, he said his movies were studied by all the budding directors at that time because they were so successful. Um, but uh, but in terms of the other actors in the in the film, there wasn't a lot of crossover. No, you know, with uh, you know the woman that played Betty, I think I forget her name, but she that was the only film she ever did. You know, a lot of the some of the stuntmen were you know worked on Enter the Dragon stuff. But you brought up Mustache Man, Lung Fei, uh-huh. yeah, Lung Fei. So he's been in a ton, huh? Well, yeah, he's been at Shaw Brothers. I mean, he goes back to the okay. maybe the early, the late '60s, you know, probably like '68, '69. But you'll see him all like a touch of Zen and uh, God, uh, the Invisible Sword and Devilish Killer and different different films like that. He's been, I mean, he's been around forever. He didn't work in any of Bruce Lee's films, but he uh, his his face was pretty well known. And, you, and you'll see him and uh, coming along, he does a after he he was he did this really crazy movie with um bruce lie right before they did this called bruce lee against supermen <laughs> and he did and he also actually before this he did the new game of death which so he's he'd already done a couple movies with bruce lie before doing this playing the bad guy but he'd go on and, and do a number more so you'll his face will be cropping up a lot okay well i recognized him right away i just didn't know from what but i think it's one of those like he's got the super catalog so the super cat yeah 
Yeah. Well, I think this film makes it, you know, the, the thing that for depending on like, you know, where it would, when you started getting into these movies, when these films were doing their theatrical run in the U.S., there was a handful of them that really everybody knew. The real Bruce Lee, everybody knew. The Bruce Lee, the man, the myth. Mm-hmm. And Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger. I mean, these films were about, you know, you pretty much, at me as a young kid, all of my friends knew what these films were. They'd seen them once or twice or whatever, but it's like they all knew those titles. And I think they all have soft spots for a lot of the guys anywhere from, you know, 40 to 60 who, who still watch these films because mm-hmm. these were the films that, at, that they grew up on. And, and these particular ones, like Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger, people really have a nostalgia for because I, I can't tell you how many people I run into, oh, it was my first one, Exit the Dragon. That was the first bruce exploitation movie i ever saw so i mean the movie itself isn't the greatest like you said there's some moments in it i think these guys are all cutting their teeth you know this is like lisa nam's <laughs> sixth or seventh film bruce lied done a number of them but this you know and but it's just i think for a lot of people especially the u.s dub of it it's got a um, it's got a real like soft spot and i think again it's one of those handful of a half dozen of them that are very immersed in this um you know, why did Bruce Lee die? So it has this sort of resonance of like just doom and gloom and like, oh God, that's so true. Why did he die? You know, for the people that like that that like these movies via Bruce Lee, it's a it sort of weighs heavy on your head a little bit for that reason. All right, so I'm going to remind everybody we have a phone number. It is four two four two five seven zero three four four, also known as four two four two five seven zero three four four. Call us. Let us know what you want to hear us do or what you, if you think I'm an idiot, because I said, you know, I thought Tiger wasn't so strong. I don't know. Whatever you want to say, <laughs> let us know. We'll talk about it on the show. And yeah. Well, the, I, I'll finish off by saying this. Uh, this came out in February of 1977 when it got released in, in the States. And Dimension, is, like I said, Dimensions Films released this. And it was their first Bruce exploitation film and when it opened in New Orleans it actually rivaled Rocky and it wow. beat out uh, the enforcer Clint Eastwood's film in New Orleans so they were on to something when uh, when they released it so that's awesome poor Rocky well he won his academy award and became a international yeah, well, superstar so he's okay I don't, he wasn't sweating <laughs> exit the dragon too much <laughs> Well, thank you, Michael, as always. Uh, it was awesome. This one, uh, I think I've now find my found the highest budget. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, as I normally send you out to uh, the closing theme of the particular um, movie we watched, um, this time we have something special. Uh, this is about, um, about a minute and a half or two minutes of Bruce Lai talking about why he enjoyed being an actor and how he looks at uh, cinema and martial arts. Uh, this was recorded probably just, it's only probably been a month since uh, Michael went and visited him and uh, got to get uh, some training. And uh, Bruce Lai is a chiropractor, so he got to have some, some body work done. I don't know, it was pretty amazing. But anyway, have a listen and uh, let us know what you think. Because I think life just once, no no people can work many jobs so when you be an actor you can uh, maybe ancient time person and uh, maybe future time 
person, right? So you can test all of life, different life. That's funny. And the different character and uh, move. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Do you feel, as, as a young man, you got into film more as a martial artist or more as an actor? Actor. Not just for fighting, not just for martial arts. Just sometimes uh, martial arts, it's movie, it need move. So why Taiwan movie will fall down? Because just feeling film, oh flower, oh you love me, I love you, oh just walking, no fighting. You see, every foreign actor, famous, all from martial arts, right? So it's move, movie means move. You need to move. You don't move, just sit there, just talking, just love, no use, right? Right. So better way, it must, sometimes uh, you must have some spirit. Okay. 就好似我睇。